podcast is provided for general information and for general information purposes only and does not replace your financial, tax, legal or finance product advice. Hello everyone and welcome to The Female Investor, your chance to listen to two of Australia's leading property experts talking about all things property buying, finance, strategy and lots more. Kate Hill and Nicola McDougall are the authors of the book The Female Investor, Creating Wealth, Security and Freedom Through Property. Kate is an award-winning property mentor and coach, a qualified property investment advisor and founder of buyer's agency, Advisable. And she's a successful property investor herself. Nicola is an award-winning and prolific property journalist. She has been involved in property research, analysis and reporting for 15 years. And she is also a successful property investor herself. Property investment is one of the simplest, safest and preferred ways for women to create financial freedom. And with the right information to make an educated and informed decision, this can be achieved. If you know a woman who is concerned about her financial future, or maybe that's you. If you're keen to improve your chances of creating an income for life, then this is your place to learn, be inspired and motivated. Along with some special guests, Kate and Nicola will be offering genuine practical news and tips to women of any age to stake your claim on the property market. So come on, ladies, stay tuned and let's do this together. Hello, all you lovely ladies out there. It is Kate here, and I've got yet another fabulous special podcast for you today. I'm going to be talking with Tina from Smart Move, one of Australia's leading mortgage broking firms, and she has got her top 10 tips to pay off your mortgage sooner. Now, what could be more important than that? So stay tuned for all our amazing content. Hello everyone. I'm here with Tina Howes from SmartMove, one of Australia's leading and award-winning mortgage broking firms. And we are here to talk to you about all things property finance. So hello, Tina. So picture the scene, everybody. You have bought a property. You have your new loan, probably over a 30-year term, and you're doing the numbers and you are dreading the thought of still having a mortgage in 30 years time. So Tina has some key tips for us to ensure that this doesn't happen and how you can repay your loan off sooner and or create a buffer that you can draw on if you need to. It's it's really, really important, all this stuff. So Tina, tell us. <laughs> okay. So if, if you have gone to a bank and obtained a loan in the last couple of years, I can tell you that there is definitely a surplus in there. There is some kind of buffer whereby you financially have the capability to put aside additional money over and above your living expenses and mortgage repayments. And that's because the bank uses an assessment rate, which is an interest rate that is higher than what you're actually paying. Yeah. Um, And that assessment rate is well and truly beyond where interest rates are. So I guess my key tips are finding some innovative and some, you know, sometimes very obvious ways of trying to make additional repayments or reduce your living expenses in order to be able to get ahead on your loan. Mm. So the first one would be to obviously (laughs) increase the repayments on your loan. Mm. Now, I have kind of two ways that I like to potentially do this. Now, the first is to download an app If you go to the app store and you find one that says loan repayments, 
There's multiple free ones out there. Yeah. But if you put in your mortgage repayment, your current interest rate, and then you play around with that 30-year loan term, maybe try a 25-year, try a 20-year, and see what that repayment is. And then obviously stick to that repayment and try and make that repayment into your loan to an offset account. Now, the beauty of that is saving is hard. Making additional repayments isn't easy. It, it means, you know, foregoing the, the here and now and putting yeah. aside extra money. But if you can psychologically see that, well, actually, I'm going to be paying off my loan sooner, I'm getting to that goal of being a homeowner sooner, then it will help you make those repayments and stick to that goal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can, I, can I just interject really quickly? You yeah, started, started off. You started that off saying, you know, it sort of sounds you're stating the obvious or it seems obvious. I think also actually to a lot of people, it might not be obvious. People don't often realise that they can make extra payments, right? That it's all yeah. kind yeah. of set in stone by the bank and that you can't do that. You can. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm. And look, if you have a fixed rate loan, there may be limitations on your extra yeah. repayments, but mm. even under those conditions, you can generally make some kind of extra payment over a year. But if I've got some numbers, so if you have a 30-year loan term and you change it to 25 years, yeah. this will increase the repayment amount slightly. Um, so if you had a half a million dollar loan over 30 years at say two and a half percent, that repayment is $1,975 a month. Mm. If you tweak that to a 25-year repayment, then the repayment only goes up to $2,243 a month. Mm. Now, it's an increase of $268 a month or $67 a week. Right. Now, it's all relative to every individual, but this could be the difference of, you know, eating your lunch, taking it from home, not buying as many coffees out, not buying that muffin at lunchtime. (laughs) And, and there you are, you've repaid your loan off sooner. It's got to be a good muffin for $67. Yeah. Huh? That's right. <laughs> yes. Five days a week, Kate. That's right. <laughs> the second way that I would suggest is it's also very similar. And again, use that app that you've downloaded, mm. but play around with the interest rate. So it's going to have the same effect if you increase the interest rate. It's going yeah. to make the repayment higher and yeah. you're then going to be creating a surplus that will enable you to um, get ahead on your loan and pay it off sooner. Mm. But the the thing I like about increasing the interest rate is so, you know, if you pick up the the newspaper, every day you will see something about interest rates are heading up. And if you haven't fixed your interest rate and you're on a variable interest rate, then you're susceptible to those interest rate rises. But if you recalculate your repayment with a 1% increase in there, you're going to be getting ahead on your loan. Mm. But it also means that when you read those scare tactic articles, you yeah. can ignore those and go, that's all right, yeah. I've got yeah. rate rises covered. Yeah. We're yeah. Already I'm, I'm already doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm already doing it and I can personally afford that. So I'm not going to change what I'm currently doing and I'm just, you know, yeah. paying my loan off sooner. Yeah, I love that, Tina, yeah. can I just say. I love all your tips, you know that. But, but this one in particular... I think is quite powerful, you know, in terms of, I think, psychologically, right? Yeah, absolutely. When you increase that interest rate on what you're paying, so like you've said, you're you're, you're going to be ahead of the game. When interest rates go up, they will go up at some point. You're going to be doing that already anyway. And I think just psychologically feels like you are 
you're building in those buffers already. I think that's really yeah. powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I had a client recently that they felt very comfortable with the loan amount that they were borrowing. Yeah. Um, they decided to not opt for fixed interest rates, which were at least 1% higher than the variable. Mm. And they decided from the day one to basically start paying the interest, stay variable, mm. but start paying the amount that it would have been had they chosen fixing. Yeah. So in a way, they're self-hedging. Yes. And they're creating that buffer yes. so that when rates do eventually go yeah. up, they can yeah. dip into that if they need to or yeah. just get ahead yes. on their loan. And also, you know, monetizing, sorry, just going really going back Ooh. to number one there really quickly, monetizing that. But I'm a great believer in monetizing everything that, you know, if you're scared about something, monetize it. What does it actually mean? Yeah. Work it out. Yeah. And 67 bucks a week to shave off five years of your loan, off your loan, I mm-hmm. think that's huge for 60 bucks. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah. And once you start, yeah. then you're like, yeah. well, where do I find another 60 That's right. <laughs> Turns into a bit of a game, doesn't it? At least when you like. Yeah. You and know, I'll cover off some tips the line. So this one's for um, the people out there that have an owner-occupied home and an investment property. Mm. So chances are, if you have an investment property, that you probably likely, under the advice of your accountant or advisors, will have an interest-only loan. So my tip to you is because the reality is your interest-only loan will not continue indefinitely on interest only uh, without a reassessment to the bank. And who knows at that point in time what the bank's assessment criteria will be. Um, So you may be forced Mm -hmm. to revert to principal and interest repayments. But a really nice sneaky way to get your head around that and also be ahead of the game and also putting more money aside is to work out what the principal and interest repayments on that investment loan would be, Mm. make your interest-only payments, but into a separate bank account or into an offset account that is against your owner-occupied loan, make the equivalent principal and interest repayment. Mm. So from time to time, you'll have some expert that recommends that you should pay principal and interest on your investment loans. Everyone has a different viewpoint on that. But that's my suggestion is make the repayment, but but have it against your home loan. And I'll probably need to elaborate a bit what I mean by that. Mm. But you're still getting your overall debt position down. But by having it against your home loan in an offset account against the home loan, you're therefore reducing your repayments overall. You're reducing your interest, but you're still creating this Mm. nice safety net buffer Mm. so that if anything does go wrong with the investment property, you've got that there. Or, or heaven forbid, if you can't extend your interest-only period beyond that initial three-year or five-year period, Mm. you've actually got money that you can dip into to help you make those repayments. Yeah, yeah. Now, when I say against the loan, what I mean is typically having an offset account. Now, what an (laughs) offset account is, it's an account that a bank will allow you to have. It's a normal transaction account whereby you put money into that account. But in doing so, the bank has a formula behind the scenes that it treats it exactly the same as had you put the money onto your loan, okay? However, you have preserved your ability to maintain the level of debt, which is super important on investment debt um, and enables you then to use those funds down the track for whatever purpose without ruining your tax position. Yes. So if you've got a $100,000 loan that you're paying interest on and Mm -hmm. you have $50,000 in an offset account against that loan, you're only paying Mm -hmm. interest on $50,000 of the $100,000 loan. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. 
So your repayment might not go down, particularly if it's an interest and principal repayment. Mm. You might still be required by the bank to make the same repayment. Mm. However, you're paying a higher proportion of that repayment as principal mm. instead of the interest because uh-huh. the interest on 50000 is less than on 100000 yeah. yeah. Therefore, you're getting ahead on your loan sooner. Yeah. From time to time, you know, you buy your house, you have some some needs, you need to buy a caravan, new car, whatever the situation <laughs> might be. But before reaching out to a finance company to obtain a loan, talk to your bank or your broker and see if you have equity against your property that you can potentially utilise. Now, when I say equity, what I mean is um, if you have capacity in that loan whereby the difference between the value of the property mm. and, say, the, the 80% value against that property, if there is sufficient room within that that enables you to get another loan, it is cheaper to use your home equity to get a loan mm. than it is to go to a finance company and obtain a personal unsecured loan for the purpose of a motor vehicle or yeah. motorbike, caravan, holiday, whatever the case may be. Yes, yes. And would the would that type of equity loan, how do I put it, look better than a personal finance loan? I wouldn't necessarily say so. Okay. Okay. So the, the key is it's very easy to go and get that car loan with a 30-year loan term, but I would suggest strongly that you, whatever loan you obtain, um, that you match it to the life of the asset that you're buying. Yeah. Okay. So, for example, mm-hmm. if you do go and purchase a motor vehicle and let's say, let's give it a five-year life, then using that app that you've downloaded, <laughs> calculate the repayments on that new car over five years mm-hmm. and then make that repayment mm-hmm. over five years, even if the bank gives you a 30-year loan term. Yeah. yeah. That way you're not stuck with just adding debt to your home yes. for an asset that hasn't actually added any value yeah. to the home. Yeah. This one is a big one from my perspective, and it's everyone will have a different opinion, but this suggestion is to actually keep your day-to-day spending at a bank or a finance institution that is quite separate to where your home loan is, mm. okay? And it's very easy to just have one offset account where you pulled all your savings and all your bill money and all your pay and basically all your money into that one offset account against your owner-occupied home loan. But it's also very easy when it's all pulled together to dip into that bucket and to dip into that bucket and end up redrawing and spending all of that money without having a clear and distinct purpose. And one way to do that is to Keep your day-to-day bills money and spending money separately at a, a bank that perhaps has a branch network with low-cost account yeah. um, and an ATM card. And then all of your serious savings, money that you're putting away for a holiday, money that you're saving up in advance for the new car that you're going to buy, putting that in the account at a bank that you basically don't, don't access mm-hmm. very frequently mm-hmm. and you don't touch it. And it's a lot harder then to dip into that money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, it, it would require quite a lot of discipline, wouldn't it? Yeah. My other point is to look for a bank that is still super competitive, still got great interest rates and functionality, good reputation, but offers multiple offset accounts. Now, this is something that you mm. won't necessarily know yourself that you can actually obtain. There's quite a few banks out there that will give you one offset account. 
which forces that mentality of needing to put everything mm. into that one account again. Where you, there are lots of banks out there that are still very competitive and will give you 10 offset accounts. Now, the beauty of having that is that similar to what I was just talking about there mm. with siphoning mm. off money, you can use one account for your holiday funds, yeah. one account for savings yeah. that you will not touch, another account for those extra principal repayments yeah. on your investment yeah. loan that we yeah. were talking about. You can name them accordingly and you really have it clear. That's money that I, we can't go and spend. Mm. Yes, that is money that, you know, we, we do have access to if we wanted to spend some luxury items or whatever yeah. the case may be. Yeah. But that's a feature. Ask your bank, ask your broker if yeah. um, that's a feature that you can obtain and, and really do compare the different products out there and, and see whether you have that option for you next time you look at refinancing yeah. your loan. Great. Okay. Yes. I like that one. This one. It's all about making sacrifices and swaps. And Ooh. these are my key tips. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a bit like if you go on a diet. You might yeah. swap from Coca-Cola to Diet Coke. You might mm-hmm. have full-fat milk to low-fat milk. So here are some of my favourites. So think picnics and barbecues instead of restaurants. Yeah. Okay? You can and still socialise. <laughs> but yes. money that you save doing that, and ask everyone to bring along a dish. Mm. Mm. Um, restaurants choose restaurants where you can byo yeah um it is phenomenal the markup that restaurants have of a it model of how, they, it's how they make their money that's right yeah yeah, yeah. We touched on this one before, bringing your lunch from home. Yes. Um, instead of eating out. And if bake that means bake, not- bake your own muffins. Yes. Bake your own muffins. <laughs> um, meal prep. Um, do whatever it takes so that you have that extra time and you're a bit more advanced. And um, instead of going and spending $20 a day quite easily here in Sydney, buying your clothes on sale at the end of the season instead of when they first come out, they'll still be around and in perfectly good condition for, for next season. Mm. Um, there are lots of purchases that unfailingly every mid-year and end of year will be on sale, appliances, towels, yeah, yeah. linen. Those purchases most definitely will yeah. always come on sale and don't buy them when you need them. Buy them at those times of year. Exactly. And I was, I was literally just about to say get into that mentality of really thinking about it three times over. Do you actually yeah. need whatever it is you're about to buy. Do you really yeah. need it? I know we all like a nice pair of new shoes or a new shirt or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. You actually yes. need it, right? Yes. And we're not yes. saying go without everything forever, just no. really churn it over. You know, you're trying yes. to save that $67 a week or more, right? Exactly. So, and it, it yeah. can make it easier to make that sacrifice when yeah. you kind of put that number, as you say, monetize it, Mm. Say, well, that $67 is going to have me paying my loan off five years sooner. Yeah. If I don't spend that and I put that on my loan instead. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's right. Yeah. My other one is swapping coffees and lunch catch ups for yeah. walks or bike rides or healthy, free outdoor <laughs> exercise sessions. Mm. Controversial, Tina. <laughs> no, I heartily agree. You know, I do. And my last point you never know where life will take you. You know, whether that house that you've bought, you might relocate to another city, you may relocate overseas to a new job, you just don't know. Mm. And for that reason, be careful where you make your extra repayments. So many times I see people making their extra repayments into their actual loan, paying down the balance. Therefore, 
if they ever then make that property an investment property, they've paid their debt down and they've ruined or not kept, not maximised their ability to claim that interest as a tax deduction. The way to, to get around that is when you're making those extra repayments, put it into that offset account that we talked about. Mm. So that should you then use those funds in that offset for an around-the-world holiday, moving overseas, moving states, buying a new car, something that is personal, you can use those funds, but you've preserved that initial limit on that loan mm. so that down the track you do rent it out, you, you've got a nice higher level of debt. Yes. Fantastic, Tina. And I think just to, I guess just to reiterate that, it's crucial that everybody out there talks to the professionals, the brokers, to get advice on how to make those repayments, what your options are, because there really are options. You mm-hmm. have options, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. Make a plan, do the budgeting. We'll talk about that in a separate conversation as well. And also you don't, you know, we're not expecting, I, I was say to everybody, you know, you don't have to live on beans on toast every night, but maybe a couple of nights, you know, they will make some sacrifices, but it is so worth it when you look at the goal, when you look at what mm-hmm. that does achieve, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much, Tina. Wonderful advice as always. And we will be with you all again very soon with more top property finance tips. So thank you, Tina. Bye. Nice to chat to you. Bye. And that's it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and found it super useful. You can email us with any questions that you have on info at thefemaleinvestor.com.au. Don't forget to order a copy of the book, The Female Investor. You can go to your local bookstore, pick it up on Amazon or Booktopia or anywhere that good books are sold. And you can head to thefemaleinvestor.com.au where you can click on the links and also find lots of resources on property investing, news, hints, tips and videos. We will be with you all again soon. Stay safe and well, everyone. Bye for now. Bye for now.